leaving a legacy. We are back after a short holiday. Uh, you know, we are enjoying Christmas and New Year's. I know I did. Uh, with me today, I have Mr. Jerry Me. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not much, Pat. How you doing? I'm doing very well, man. I'm doing very well. I'm excited to be back on the cast. I'm excited to be talking again about some magic. It's been a while. It's been a few weeks, so it's good to be back, man. Yeah, it is good to be back, and so much has happened. There's it's been a lot of happening. So much to talk about. My, I'll tell you, my dwarf EDH deck is going to be so good after this oh, set. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you're you're referencing the new Aether Revolt set that has it's uh, not fully spoiled, but they've been really kind of uh, spoiling it in earnest this week. Uh, a lot of new cards have come out, um, so we can get into that later. But yeah, I agree. It seems like there's uh, some neat cards that are coming out, so a lot to talk about with that. Yeah, yeah. Plus, plus revolting, and I feel I feel rebels and you know rogues just in the pop culture consciousness right now. So mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's hitting the right notes at the right time. Agreed, agreed. And we actually we haven't even talked about the uh, the masterpieces from that set, I believe. Oh yeah, we didn't. They hadn't come out yet because we took the break. Oh man. Yeah. So we got all, we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot. <laughs> but we're not going <laughs> to talk about that right now. During, no, we're going to try to keep it to a tight 60 just, minutes today. That's a teaser. That's a teaser. That's what <laughs> yeah. to come. Ooh, ooh I can't tease. Oh yeah. So first, oh, let's. <laughs> we went too deep. We went too deep. Too deep. Um, let's uh let's start off with uh the GP right. We have GP. Louisville coming up. Louisville, uh, Kentucky. Hell yeah. Now, you must be excited for that. I know. Aren't you, too? Because you're coming, right, Pat? Oh, God. I want to so bad, but <laughs> I, I've i I've been rolling around in my mind, and I've I've reached out to a few close friends and, and said, look, if I'm going to go to one GP this year that I have to actually travel for, and it's between Vegas and Louisville, <laughs> am I going to Vegas, the party capital of the world, for a three-headed GP? Like... Legacy Modern Standard, or am I going to go to Louisville, Kentucky, in the <laughs> middle of January for for a Legacy GP? And uh, I was I was talked down from the ledge. Um, I, I didn't purchase my flights yet, so we're gonna do we're gonna do Vegas. Yep, I I also told you to do Vegas over Kentucky, <laughs> despite the fact that I'm telling you to come to to Louisville now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> actually, if I remember correctly, my plan was. Come to Louisville, and then when Vegas rolls around, just tell your wife that I'm getting married, and right, it's, it's right. in Vegas. Which which would be fine if if I could. My wife thought it was plausible that you could get married. <laughs> <laughs> she is a smart woman. <laughs> she is. She is very. She definitely wears the pants in this house. Uh, I typically do not wear pants yeah, in my house. Can't um, fool her. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, so the GP's coming up, um, and you've been doing a ton of work with this deck, um, um, which I think is really really cool. I know you're excited to talk about it. Um, we've we've kind of spoken about it on the cast a little bit, and people who read your work at Hipsters um, know about this deck. But just run us through this deck. Tell us kind of where your head's at with it, and tell me why you think this is the deck to run at GP Louisville. So I assume what you're referring to is the one and only Punishing Ice, aka Freezer Burn, aka. Oh. Blue, red, splash, green, thing in the ice, punishing fire, Dak fading, Jace the Mind Sculptor. Where does Scarcity Games, uh, you know, make the cutoff for how many cards they have to name in a deck list? I, I'm not <laughs> sure. But anyways, <laughs> yes, I've been playing uh, Punishing Ice pretty much nonstop for like the last three months now. Uh, and it's just really good. Like... I'm not even running it because it's a pet deck of mine, which it totally is, but 
I'm running it because I just can't seem to lose with this deck. <laughs> That's a good reason to play it. I know, it. right? Like, <laughs> I was all set to run Sneak and Show. I'm like, ah, oh, Sneak and Show's back in the meta. It's it's placing. It won the last GP. It's popping up in Star City Games and other big tournaments. It's such a good deck. And I'm just like, I can't, you know, look a gift horse in the mouth. I can't put this deck down. If it's producing results, you got to play it, right? Yep, and uh, I actually, uh, I'm, I'm going to apologize to Aaron Campbell now before she sends me uh, gifts of just disappointed looks. I, uh, I sold Dredge on Magic Online, <laughs> uh, oh, no. and I put together Punishing Thing in the Ice, Freezer Burn, Blue Red, Punishing Loam type deck, whatever we're going to call it. I'm, I'm going to go with Freezer Burn. For the rest of the podcast. I think Freezer Burn's a fucking great name. Yeah. So I put that together on Magic Online. Sans the three engineered explosives and misdirection, because those four cards would add another $200 to the deck's price tag on Magic mm-hmm. Online. So I'm running a slightly suboptimal online, but even so, I've en- I just finished a league and I got one game in before we started recording of the second league I entered, and right now I'm 5-1 with the deck on Magic Online. Mm-hmm. And my only loss is a timeout, uh, because I was talking to Josh Sissio on Skype, and we <laughs> timed out because we weren't paying attention to the clock. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, it happens. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the deck is just is really well placed against everything in the meta. Um, its main deck is just designed to destroy fair creature decks like Delver or Death and Taxes uh, or even Eldrazi. And then I just have my sideboard full of just combo hate. So mm-hmm. I tend to lose game one against combo depending on the combo deck, but I very rarely lose games two and three. And I would think that a combo doesn't have a lot against your deck, right? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing combo has against my deck is it's the clock. My deck doesn't produce a clock very quick. Mm -hmm. Because you don't really ever want to tap out to resolve a thing in the ice when you're holding up spell pierce or counter spell. So I found that a lot, that I had to be very patient. You know, I played against Storm, and I sat with a thing in the ice in my hand for six, seven turns because I was holding up Spell Pierce and Counterspell. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Patience eventually, you know, pays off. The Snapcaster Mages are really good in those situations, because um, you can just flash them in for some value at end of turn, and then just untap right away so you get your Counter Magic back up. So that kind of helps, but still, you know, two damage a turn isn't much of a clock. Right, right. So that's kind of the biggest weakness of the deck against combo is just ending the game before your opponent can <laughs> fight through <laughs> your your uh, counter magic. Okay, so now tell me about uh, kind of where your uh, build has gone from uh, its initial build to sort of where you're now you're just kind of fine-tuning those last one or two sideboard cards. Yeah, I mean, it's stayed remarkably the same since I sleeved it up, Um the real changes have been kind of just tweaking the numbers a little bit. You know, I went from four thing in the ice to three thing in the ice. Uh, I added a Bedlam Reveler because I just love that card so much. Oh, that card is... Oh, I got so much to say about that card, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. <laughs> so Bedlam Reveler is great. Having two... I see it in the the second Bedlam Reveler shows up in my like early hands more often, but mm-hmm. knowing that I have two in my deck means that I don't feel bad you know, discarding it to a Dak Fade in activation. Like, so many sure. times I had, when I back when I only had one Bedlam Reveler in the deck, 
even though the correct decision was to discard it to the Dak Faden because the other cards in my hand were better for the situation, I would still be very tempted to keep the Bedlam Reveler because it's so good. Mm-hmm. And just having a second copy in the deck just frees me up to make the right play and not make the selfish play that I want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so adding the second Bedlam Reveler was great. Um, adding misdirection has been awesome too. Um, I ended up cutting a chain lightning just because the, you know, between four lightning bolt and four punishing fire, I pretty much always have a burn spell when I need it. Uh, so turning the chain lightning into a misdirection has been great because it, you know, increases your counter magic, uh, count for, you know, the combo decks. Mm-hmm. And it also just protects thing in the ices. The number of times people have, like, abrupt decayed my thing in the ice, or swords to plowshared my thing in the ice, and I'm like, nope, we're going to send that back to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, even better is the times when I, like, misdirection a surgical extraction on my punishing fires, or misdirection a him to Torak. Like, misdirecting a him to Torak is, is like, the crown and crowning achievement. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sick. <laughs> <laughs> nice three for two, buddy. <laughs> Um, but other than that, the deck stayed pretty much the same. Um, sideboard has been pretty similar, but, you know, kind of right now the sideboard's kind of where I'm focused on because 99.99% sure that my main deck is not going to change for the GP. I just think Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of the best build it can possibly be right now. I think what's interesting about your main deck, too, is that there's a lot of, not a lot of one-ofs, but there are a good amount of one-ofs for a, a deck that you can think is is pretty solid. Well, I'm 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 very used to playing decks that are, like everything's a four of, right? Like mm-hmm. Grixis, everything's a four of. You read Blue Red Delver, everything's a four of. Eldrazi, everything's a four of. But I mean, I, I don't think any of these numbers are wrong. But what I do think this gives you is a lot of flexibility in the deck, a lot of um, uh, not necessarily inevitability, but flexibility in this deck. So like, you're running the one of Engineer Explosives, the one of Life from the Loam. The one of Counterspell, Misdirection, um, and the True Name and Vanilla Clicks are both one-ofs as well. Right, and then even the cards that aren't one-ofs, like, I have also have a lot of two and three-ofs. Like, mm-hmm. two Spell Pierce, two Dak, two Jace, three Snapcaster, three Thing in the Ice, two Bedlam Reveler. Mm-hmm. And kind of the way I feel about it is the deck almost plays like a vintage deck in that I'm going to pretty much see almost all of my deck over the course of a given game. Right. You know, between Life from the Loam, Dak Faden, Brainstorms, and, Ponders, Jace. And Jace, yeah. And Jace. There's so much card selection in this deck. It really is. And so much card advantage between, like, pun- returning Punishing Fire with Grove of the Burn Willows, discarding the Punishing Fires to Dak Faden dr- to draw two fresh cards. You yeah. know, you see so many cards, so that's why it I, it's fine for the deck to have so many one-ofs, because... I honestly don't want a second copy of a lot of these cards because I don't need them and it would be a slot better suited somewhere else. And just the fact that I'm pretty much guaranteed to see those one of cards over the course of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I don't draw my one of Counterspell, that's okay because I have other counter magic. Same goes for like the one of True Name Nemesis, the one of Vendillion Click. But just having them in the deck so that if I do need a True Name Nemesis because my opponent's packing loads of removal and I can't get through it, it's good just having that in there and knowing that you have an out. It's -hmm. almost kind of like a psychological thing for me. I always like my decks to be able to have an out no matter what the situation is. I hate having that feeling where I just know that I can't win, but my opponent can't beat me. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no way for me to get out of a situation, but it's going to take my opponent ten more turns to kill me. 
I hate that feeling. Yeah. Um, so that's why I kind of like putting in a lot of these one ofs, these you know spicy answers to uh, situations because even if uh, you know the situation looks dire, I can just luck sack out of it and top deck it. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, you know what? It's better to be lucky than good, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so tell me, now you said there was a few last minute tweaks you may make to the sideboard. Did you want to go in deeper on that? Yeah. So uh, the most recent addition to the deck uh, was I added a Kozilex return to the sideboard. Uh, mm-hmm. th- thank you very much, Pat. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> you got it, buddy. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if we've said it on the cast, but uh, I was like looking at the sideboard for the deck, and I'm just like, man, talking to all these other people. Uh, you know, a couple people mentioned Kozilex return. I'm like, yeah, these are really good, but. You know, I just don't really want to spend the money on them right now, <laughs> but it would be really good. And I like, I'm about to go on like TCG Player to uh, buy them, and I hear the mail come in, so I go and I pick up the mail and I open up a package and I open it up, and inside is a letter from TCG Player with two foil Kozilek's return in them, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, thanks, blackout drunk me. <laughs> 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 you ordered the cards that I needed before I knew that I needed them. <laughs> what a smart guy you are. I know, right? <laughs> it turns out it was a it was a lovely Christmas gift from Pat. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't have a note, so I didn't know where it came I from. <laughs> I really should have put a note in there, but it's fine. It's then, fine. like, days later, uh, Pat messages me. It's like, hey, did you ever get those Kozlik's return I got you? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, I hope you put them to good use at the GP. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Kozilek's Return is is awesome. It's a bit clunky at three mana, but just being colorless and a sweeper, um, I feel that's where, when I lose against a fair deck, it's because the fair deck overwhelms me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I lost to Elves in a tournament a little while ago, and it was just because he was playing more Elves than I could kill with Punishing Fire. Right. Uh, and Kozlik's Return kind of answers that, where just being able to sweep the board clean. And if you Kozlik's Return while having Punishing Fire up, it's pretty much game over for your opponent. They, yep. You know, they can't really recover from you having an active Kozlik's Return. Or an active uh, Punishing Fire, I should say, with an empty board. Yeah. Um, but after talking to Justicio online, because I don't have the engineered explosives. We were brainstorming, uh, you know, cards to put in that place for testing. And I actually found Null Rod is really good in the deck. Okay. Um, it it shuts down... Uh, so Miracles is like a 50-50 matchup, as I feel Miracles is with most gate decks in the meta. Um, but that Null Rod just does so much work in shutting down uh, Sensei's Divining Top. Oh, yeah. And this is one of, like, the rare decks I play that actually doesn't have any activated abilities of artifacts. Okay. Um, there's not a single one in the main deck, uh, other than, like, the one of Engineered Explosives, but so be it. Um, but the uh, the Null Rod just does a lot of work in the Miracles matchup, and it also does a lot of work in the Storm matchup, shutting off uh, Lion's Eye Diamond and Lotus Petals. Sure, yeah. So I, I'm kind of playing with that idea. I kind of really like uh, having a Null Rod available to me. The question is, is kind of like what to cut. Um, if something, I think I might end up cutting like a Pything Needle for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second card I'm considering adding to the sideboard is Invasive Surgery. Invasive Surgery, we actually were talking about it on the Facebook page the other day. It is just a very good card, and I think it's 
uh, I don't want to say criminally underplayed because I don't like I don't like being uh, uh, so dramatic with my wordplay, but I think I'll that is it. an it's criminally card. underplayed. <laughs> God damn it, it's criminally underplayed. Yeah, uh, it, I think it's an underplayed card, man. It's a very good card. <clears throat> like you you had mentioned too, which is a great point, is that we see a lot more sorceries in Legacy than people give it credit for. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, it's also just like, especially when you see sorceries and you don't realize they're sorceries, like ancestral visions. People don't mm-hmm. really think of that as a sorcery because it's suspended. Uh, ter- ter- terminus. Yeah, terminus because it gets played instant speed with Sensei's divining top. Same with uh, entreat the angels. Um, and you know, between that, show and tell, burning wish, just these. It's not just that there's a lot of sorceries that see play in Legacy. It's the sorceries that do see play in Legacy are bonkers cards you know instants are inherently better than sorceries because they give you more options so if you're playing a sorcery you better have a damn good reason for playing that sorcery uh, spell and Mm -hmm. usually the reason why you're playing it is because it's a back-breaking game-winning card like show and tell or burning wish right so yeah invasive surgery i think is just a really good option for the deck you know i'm kind of a fan i wrote about this in my uh uh, sideboarding article, uh, mm-hmm. like one of the big ways to beat combo with this deck is win the first counter war and then surgical extraction their combo piece. So if you're playing against Sneak and Show, if you go Pything Needle on a sneak attack, they try and resolve uh, Show and Tell. You force a will to Show and Tell, fight over the Show and Tell. Show and Tell goes to the graveyard. Surgical Extraction, their Show and Tell, they're not going to counter your Surgical Extraction, because otherwise they would have countered your Counterspell countering the Show and Tell in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you've just stripped all their Show and Tells out of their deck. Uh, they do not have a way, way to win the game, you yep. know, outside of ultimating Jace. And if you let uh, Jace ultimate in that situation, something horribly wrong has, gone, <laughs> has happened. Especially because you have so many ways to tick, like, tick Jace down with... Between bolts and punishing fires and your creature package, you have a way to get rid of Jace. Right. Yeah, Jace should not ult against this deck unless something terrible has happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, Invasive Surgery just is that all in one package. If you mm-hmm. just Invasive Surgery their show and tell and you have Delirium, which is actually pretty easy with this deck between all the mill from Dak Faden and the punishing fires and just all, all the stuff uh, going into the graveyard... Uh, it's it's pretty easy to get Delirium, so you kind of take the entire surgical extraction part of that equation and just streamline it to one card that just eliminates half the win conditions in their deck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, even more so against something like Storm when you take away uh, their, you know, uh, Infernal Tutors. Or is Infernal Tutor an instant? I can't remember. Maybe that doesn't work, but you get the gist. Yep, Absolutely. Um, okay, so so we've kind of gone over the list there. Um, by the way, if you haven't read uh, Jerry's uh, Guide to Punishing Ice Part Three post board, um, it's kind of like a, a quick sideboard guide. It's not, I wouldn't say it's complete, but it's definitely a good a good. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> I know there's it's... so much. I, I have I have the sideboard guide for Eldrazi. Uh, it's one that Nolom and uh, Darkness had worked on on the source, and I have it in eight point font, double. It's all single spaced. Double-sided pages and it's five pages long. <laughs> so like, 
So it's and it's like front and back five pages. So a uh, uh, complete sideboard guide is uh, quite an undertaking in Legacy, but you definitely have the top like four or five decks on there, which is a great place for people to start. <laughs> I know it's it's so bad. I do this every week. My editor's like, okay, try and keep it to eight hundred to a thousand words, and every week I do like twelve hundred words because <laughs> I just want to say so much. And I'm like writing this article, and I got to I covered three decks, and I was already at like eleven hundred words. I'm like, yeah. ah, go. <laughs> Damn it! But you can always continue it. You know that's always a nice thing. Is that and, and the cyborg guys are always kind of changing too. They're not mm-hmm. set in stone. So yeah. So I covered three decks. I covered um, miracles, Grixis Delver slash you know Delver in general, mm-hmm. and then Sneak and Show. Uh, mostly because I felt you know miracles you gotta you gotta cover miracles when it makes up you know ten percent of the format. Plus it's just the de facto control deck, so mm-hmm. you can kind of apply that theory to control decks in general. Not the greatest but you know you can kind of get an idea of the logic behind it um delver decks are also make up a huge part of the meta and you know delver decks for the most part are pretty similar as far as the sideboard goes towards other creature based decks Mm -hmm. you know i'm boarding in engineered explosives i'm boarding in coslix returns um you know depending on the color of the deck i'm boarding in pyroblast or submerge and those kind of pretty much play, are true for decks kind of like Elves or Death and Taxes or, you know, other just creature-based decks where I don't really have to worry about countering any of their stuff because they're just playing dudes. Right. Uh, and then finally, I chose Sneak and Show as the combo example just because, you know, like I said, Sneak and Show's on the rise. And if I wasn't playing uh, Punishing Ice, Freezer Burn, uh, <laughs> I would definitely be uh, playing Sneak and Show at the GP. Yeah, I think Sneaking Show is a good list. I'm I'm very curious to see what the meta is like. So this is kind of is a great segue into our next topic, which is what do you expect the meta to look like at GP Louisville? Because we know that Chiba was very combo heavy, right? We saw a lot of Sneaking Show. We saw a smattering of Eldrazi and Miracles, um, and uh, some Infect. There was a, a a surprising amount of Tin Fins, although it wasn't like on the top tables. It still made day two. What do you expect to see at GP Louisville? I mean, it's so difficult with GPs because the meta doesn't really matter until you get to day two. Mm-hmm. Uh, day one is the freaking wild, wild west. <laughs> you you know don't e- you could see anything and everything. Like the last uh, legacy GP I was at was uh, GP New Jersey, and my first four rounds were Dredge, Storm, Manalus, Dredge, Dredge. <laughs> Is that an accurate representation of the meta? No, but that's what I ran into. <laughs> and what was it like at GP Columbus? Because that was the actually the last legacy oh, yes. you went to. <laughs> uh, I blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> it was like Eldrazi, 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 Eldrazi. <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like the meta is kind of calmed down a bit. Eldrazi isn't as popular. Even Miracles is kind of dimmed a bit and by dimmed i mean it went from like 20 percent to 10 (laughs) percent which is a pretty big so i and for what it's worth i think part of that part of the miracles coming down is because the eldrazi deck is good against it and Mm -hmm. so that has brought miracles down but also people have learned how to play against eldrazi um and so that's kind of put that deck in check too so i actually think i think the meta is actually in a pretty healthy spot right now i don't know how you feel about it but i feel the meta is in a fresh spot where we're waiting to see what the next top deck is going to be sure because death and taxes is arguably the most recent holder even though it was quite brief mm-hmm. um death and taxes got all these toys and it's shot to be one of the best decks in the in legacy again 
And then everyone's like, oh, well, Death and Taxes is one of the best decks. I better prepare for Death and Taxes. And unfortunately for Death and Taxes, there is a lot of hate cards. Yes, there are. <laughs> so, Kozilek's Return being one of them. Yeah, Kozilek's Return being one of them. So <laughs> uh, Death and Taxes has kind of been hated down a bit, so it's no longer as dominating even with all the new toys it's got. So mm-hmm. I think people are waiting to see, and this GP is going to be a big indication to us of what the top decks are, are going to look like. Okay. Um, so as far as, you know, what meta I'm expecting, I'm, I would not be surprised to run into anything. Yeah. Um, um all right, well, then let me put you on the spot here. Let's, let me hear your top picks, uh, your top eight of GP Louisville. What decks do you think are going to be in the top eight of the GP? Uh, there's going to be one to two copies of Miracles, mm-hmm. uh, because as I, someone put it on Twitter earlier today, uh, Sensei's Dividing Top is a Watsy thought experiment to see how long people will play a miserable <laughs> format <laughs> before they ban it. <laughs> it's like these foolish legacy players, they're still playing this format, even though it's terribly broken. <laughs> so guarantee you there will be one to two copies of Miracles. Uh, I'm going to say we're not going to see Eldrazi in the top eight, but we will mm-hmm. see it in the top 16. Okay. Uh, I definitely think Sneak and Show is going to be in the top eight again. Uh, I think we are going to see either some creature-based, uh, deck like Elves or Death and Taxes. Not necessarily, like, combo, but just, like, a creature-focused deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're also probably going to see a pure combo deck of the Storm variety. Sure. Uh, I think probably one of the bigger upsets is we're not going to see any... I don't want to say any. Maybe... I would not be surprised if we don't see any Delver in the top eight. Mm, that would be interesting. Yeah, I just... So, with it being in Kentucky, and I know kind of the Team Tusk guys and the kind of the meta that is around <laughs> there... It's very hostile to Delver decks. Yeah. And I think Delver decks in general aren't that great positioned right now with, even though we talked about how they're less prevalent, there's still a lot of counterbalances and Chalice of the Voids floating around. Mm-hmm. So we may see one Delver deck crack in the top eight, but I would not be surprised if we don't see any. Okay. All right. I think I think if I was going to take a guess, I'm going to say we'll see Infect in the top, top, de- top eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did take down GP Columbus. I think that it has a shot at taking down Louisville. Um, I think we'll see some kind of storm deck in the top eight. Um, I think we'll see, obviously, Miracles. We'll put in a few copies. I think Grixis is still a very good deck. Uh, I think that we'll, we'll see some death and taxes, at least in the top 16. And I, I, I think that my bold prediction here is that we'll see, like, a real prison deck in top 16. Ooh. That's my bold prediction. Nice. Want to hear my uh, bold Powerball prediction? Yes. Uh, we're going to see Mono Blue Paradoxical Outcome in uh, <laughs> Top 8. <laughs> oh my god, I was playing against uh, a, a deck online, and it was uh, a Paradox deck in Legacy. And it was disgustingly good. I, I literally have no idea how that deck functions, to be quite honest with you. Oh, it's like Mud and High Tide had a love child. Ooh, that sounds... <laughs> aw- like That's like sounds like the sloppiest sex ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like this... Like, like, Mud is this behemoth deck, and like, and like, High Tide is this sloppy drunk girl. They're just like, <laughs> smashing together. 
having like the grossest, nastiest deck, Jesus. making a disgusting, paradoxical outcome baby deck. Don't get gra- uh, graphic here. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can find this. Uh, we got to earn that explicit rating, Jerry. We got to earn it somehow. Apparently, let me. See, I'm trying to find the uh, the deck list because uh, the person I played against was kind enough to uh, share with me. All right, so I posted a screenshot of it to the Facebook group as it was like going off because I'm like, everyone needs to see this. <laughs> um, so Miss Havisim, H-A-V-I-S-M, Havisham, was kind enough to share uh, her deck list with me. Uh, so it's four uh, Tomb, uh, so that's, that's Ancient Tomb, four Sea of the Cyanid, one City of Traders. Four Islands, three Blue Fetchlands, four Mox Opal, four Chrome Mox, one Mox Diamonds. Wow, nine <laughs> nine Mox deck. <laughs> uh, four Ponder, four Probe. No Brainstorms, which I was surprised at. But I guess with only three Fetchlands, Brainstorm kind of loses a lot of its value. Sure, yeah. So four Probe, uh, four Ponder, one Preordain. Two Snapcaster Mage, uh, four Helm of Awakening, which Helm is of a Awakening? spicy card. Yeah, not Helm of Obedience, Helm of Awakening. I saw Helm and just assumed it was a- Yeah, <laughs> Helm of Obedience. No, so Helm of Awakening is a two-mana artifact that says all spells cost one generic mana less to cast. Interesting. Yeah, which is... Very spicy when you consider that the majority of the deck is all brown. You know, it's just four Grim Monolith, four Basalt Monolith, uh, you know, the four Cunning Wish, it helps in that, uh, three Paradoxal Outcome. Yeah, that was the crazy thing. (laughs) He was casting Paradoxal Outcome for one blue. That card gets a lot better when it costs one blue. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Four Force of Will and two Thought Cast. Which is the affinity for artifacts, draw two cards. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the list was just crazy cool because it would just like put, play out all of these um, all of these like ramp spells, uh, you know, diamonds and chrome moxes and basalt monoliths and grim monoliths. It would tap all this mana, and then it would uh, play paradoxal outcome, return all of the the cards of their hands. They would play all the cards again, and then they would use things like Snapcaster Mage to play Paradoxal Outcome again. So they tap <laughs> all this mana, return all this to their hands, play it all again, and it's like because they have four Opals, four Chrome Mox, and one Mox Diamond, they're able to get colored mana too at the same time while resetting. So I think at one point they had like 32 mana, and Storm Count was 64. <laughs> and eventually what they do is they just cast Cunning Wish for a uh, brain freeze in their sideboard and brain freeze their opponent to death. <laughs> and brain freeze is the blue storm card. Uh, target player mills the top three cards off of their library storm. <laughs> so with like, you know, 64 storm on the stack, they brain freeze you for a thousand. <laughs> Jeez. And Paradoxical Outcomes, the, the new card from Kaladesh, correct? Yeah, exactly. Paradoxical yeah. Outcomes, the, the spicy new card that's been seeing play in Vintage, but this is the first time I saw it see play in Legacy. That is sweet. I like I like the uh, the call of seeing that uh, somewhere in day two. 
the only reason why I beat it when I played against it is because I had Dak Faden. <laughs> so they would like, uh, in game one, they killed me game two with the crazy combo. Uh, but game one, I just slammed Dak Faden, steal their uh, Basalt Monolith. And then oh. game three, I slammed Dak Faden and steal their Grim Monolith. <laughs> oh, just like, nice. It's like, all right, you win. <laughs> just don't Paradoxical wanna... outcome. Uh, part of the reason why that card is so powerful, Jerry, is because as a great artist, Neil Sam, who also uh, made uh, Delver Secrets. Ah, it just he has a power. Is it? Yeah, is it a it, Neil? You said. Yeah, Neil's Neil's ham. Neil's ham, just powerful ability to make uh, grade A blue cards. <laughs> Broken blue cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if like paradoxal outcome is the breakout deck of the tournament. If that's like a deck that people don't know, how to, I feel like um, the strength in decks like that are when people don't know how to play against them because the important cards can be so specific to the board state of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not know when it's important to. To play certain hate cards over others, you know? Yeah. I mean, just the fact that it can run uh, counter magic. Like, imagine Mud Post running counter magic. <laughs> yeah, gross. <laughs> I, I kind of want them to run, like, one or two alternate win conditions. Like, mm-hmm. I feel if they had a uh, even just an Emrakul, because there were multiple times when they could hard cast Emrakul with this deck. Yep. Paradoxal Outcome, Emrakul. Um, between that or even just like a worm coil engine, if they want to play it safe, mm-hmm. uh, I feel would probably make the deck a little bit better. Uh, I feel there's some, some things that could be cut. Like the one preordained could probably be cut for just an actual win condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that it's also a cunning wish deck and it could just, it like the sideboard for the cunning wish is, uh, so it has four uh, defense grid, which was super annoying. That's the artifacts for three. Your opponents have to pay two extra to play spells on the, on your turn. Mm-hmm. So it basically shuts down Force of Will and free counter magic. Um, three Fluster Storm. And then listen to this wishboard. One Surgical Extraction. One Brain Freeze. One Paradoxical Outcome. Because they can also just Cunning Wish for the Paradoxical Outcome <laughs> if they want. <laughs> one Repeal. One Hercules Recall. One Pact of Negation. One Slaughter Pact. One Wipe Away. And then some other filler cards. Nice. That is... That sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds like a fun deck. So, I mean, I think the weakness of it is that A, it's a combo deck, so it, it can die to counter magic. And B, it's a graveyard-based combo deck. Mm. Uh, so it's pretty susceptible to graveyard hate. Right. But uh, if people aren't prepared for it, they don't know what's going on, uh, they could easily miss uh, an important place to, like, use Surgical Extraction. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that is, uh, that's a deck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So now we'll, let's get into some of the Aether Revolt cards. So Aether Revolt has, has not been, you know, they've started doing the uh, the preview season in earnest, like I said before. Um, there are some kind of neat cards for Legacy that have come out. Uh, Jerry, do you want to talk about uh, Fatal Push first? Start us off with that one. Yeah, I guess that's probably the most uh, obvious choice for Legacy. Mm. Uh, the Black Swords to Plowshares, as I've heard people call it. <laughs> sure, yeah. There's some interesting uh, um, uh, kind of ins and outs with the Revolt mechanic, but uh, go ahead. Let's let's talk about Fatal Push. Yeah, so Fatal Push is an instant for one black uh, destroy target creature if it has converted mana cost two or less, which... If they just printed it like that, uh, it would be very good. Like, it still would probably see play in Legacy, just as that. Just because 
I don't even want to list all the creatures it kills, but it basically kills anything that isn't Grizzlebrand or Gurmag Angler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they up it even more by adding the revolt mechanic on it, which is destroy that creature if it has converted mana cost four or less instead if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn. Mm-hmm. So even though we said, you know, that its first half kills most things in Legacy, its second half at four or less is pretty much everything else. Like, the cards it now gets are, like, Knight of the Reliquary, um, trying to think of, like, some other three mana cost creatures that see play. Um, uh, so, like, the New Thalia is a good one. Yeah, New Thalia. There's um, a few, there's a few, like, um, Eldrazi creatures that'll be in the four mana cost. Mm-hmm. The, like uh, Thought Not Seer's four mana. Yep. Thought Not Mimic, Seer. Mimic and, uh, you know, uh, you know actually is another good one is uh, Monastery Mentor's three mana. Oh, yeah, good call. Monastery Mentor, Flicker Wisp. Uh, Mirror and Crusader still has protection from black, doesn't it? Yeah, it's black. I it? think it's black and green, right? Yeah, black and green. So, doesn't get the Mirror and Crusader, but can't be perfect. <laughs> no, but and it certainly has uh, some good some good value in some of the black decks. Um, so the revolt mechanic is neat because if you fetch and then play this card, that works. If you daze a previous spell, or you can even daze your own fatal push, mm-hmm. and and that still works. Um, so there's a few different ways to play the card. I don't know if you really want to daze your own fatal push, but I mean, um, when you gotta kill that Knight of the Reliquary, no matter what. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I would love to see it have like the cannot be countered on there. I think that'd be really cool. Oh, because you, you just wanted to be stupid broken. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think it'd be stupid broken. Like, I think it's fair for a, hey, no a one, single black mana no one, kill a kill a four you know four mana creature. Know what abrupt decay needs? It needs to cost one less. <laughs> That's what abrupt decay needs. <laughs> Um, but yeah, now this is huge, especially for the Bug Delver decks. Um, we've kind of talked about this uh, with other people in the community and kind of the consensus, consensus, uh, I know I was talking to Bob Huang about this is, uh, uh, that Bug Delver, what really has held it back was that it doesn't have a one mana removal spell, Mm -hmm. you know, Rug Delver and Grixis Delver had lightning bolt, uh, Patriot Delver had Lightning Bolt and Swords to Plowshares. Uh, and it's just like, you need those one-mana removal spells to clear the way for your Delver of Secrets so you can get those tempo hits in. Right. The closest thing they have right now is like... Um, Disfigure. Dis- this- uh, dismem- or even Dismember. Yeah. Because like, you can essentially pay that, play that for one mana, but it is somewhat it is pretty painful, too, to be paying four life for that card. Right. I mean, this just is a strict upgrade to Disfigure, and I think mm-hmm. it's probably gonna replace disfigure or uh, dismember as well um it, i think in dis- some decks it will yeah i decks, mean there's, some decks it, will. It, it will can you think of any cards i guess like no not even mirroring crusader what's what's a card that costs less than four and has more than five i guess germag angler dismember takes care of yes germag angler dismember is also better with some of the eldrazi creatures um that are rampant and also don't forget the dismember is essentially a colorless spell because you can play it without it playing black. That in your is deck. true. That is true. Um, if you're a madman running dismembers, <laughs> <laughs> fatal, fatal. I mean, you would think that it's 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 one black black, but really it's just one colorless pay for life. You know, put minus five, minus five on a creature. So, um, part price. of what makes that card so strong is that it is essentially a colorless card. But I think that any deck that's running black wants to run fatal push. At least some number of them in the in the seventy five. Yeah, it's just real, real good removal. Uh, Seems like. 
Kill tar- target Tarmogoyf seems great for one mana. Yeah, destroy like destroy anything just by yeah. itself. Like, yep. kill a Death Knight, kill a Tarmogoyf, kill a Stoneforge Mystic. It doesn't have like that 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 okay. shitty like when you bolt the Tarmogoyf and then it just grows when the oh when my the bolt god gets in the nope. in the graveyard. This just fucking kills it. You know what I also realized? It kills Batterskull because the germ has zero converted mana cost. Uh, well, wouldn't it, the batter skull still stay? It would kill the germ, but the batter skull would still stay on the board, right? Right, and they have to pay five to equip it. If right, there have been so many games, especially in Bug Delver, where if you get rid of the germ token, that batter skull will sit useless for a turn or two, which is really all you need for your Delver secrets to get in there. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, this this I think is a huge upgrade to Bug Delver and just kind of Bug decks in general because yeah. they have been hurting for a one mana removal spell. So, I really like it. Yeah. Um, so, I had on the list SRAM's uh, Expertise. I don't really know if that's a card worth talking about, but anything that lets you cast a spell for free, I think, is, is at least can be useful. So, <laughs> I'll just go over it real quick. It's two white-white for a sorcery. Uh, it creates three 1-1 one, one colorless servo artifact creature tokens, and it also says you may cast a card with a CMC three or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. Uh, I just realized the tokens don't have flying. They do not. Uh, I thought it was like lingering souls. I'm like, I could see this, you know, if four mana fly- for fly- if yeah, flying. If they were flying, yeah. flying, I could see it, but yeah, they don't even have flying. That's kind of really annoying. Yeah. Uh, Yeheni's Expertise is another one that it might be worth talking about. Two black black for another sorcery. All creatures get minus three, minus three until end of turn. You may cast a card with a converted mana cost three or less from your hand. Without paying its mana cost. But again, like, a four-mana sorcery is just kind of not where you want to be. Yeah, um, I don't think they're going to see play in Legacy, but I think they'll see play in Modern. Um, yeah. Because just allowing you to play the uh, Suspend cards for free, mm-hmm. like uh, Restore Balance or uh, the Ancestral, Ancestral Vision. Visions. Yep. Yeah. They haven't spoiled the blue one, because I guess this is a cycle. I'm really hoping the blue one is, like... I don't know, like mana leak. Play. <laughs> I'm hoping it's. I'm hoping it's a cycle. I'm afraid it may not be. Uh, and if the, the blue, if the think? blue ones, if they're all sorceries, like it might be meh. Yeah, you know? I was trying to think like blue sorcery. It's like uh, show and tell with uh, that trigger. Yeah. <laughs> Each, Actually, wouldn't be terrible. Yeah. Show sh- and tell brainstorm. Yeah. Show and tell ancestral visions. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So we have that. Um. The other one I wanted to just mention because we kind of talked about it in the pre-show. Was Consulate Dreadnought. Uh, another Dreadnought card for us to talk about. And what a coincidence, it combos with regular Dreadnought. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is, uh, it's a single mana for an artifact vehicle with Crew 6. Uh, it's a, it has 7 power, 11 toughness, so it's a big fatty. For one. Um, <laughs> and t- so why don't you talk about it, it comboing with Phyrexian Dreadnought, Jerry? Yeah. So you, have um, cons- you play Consulate Dreadnought turn one. Consulate turn Dreadnought two, turn two, one. you like brainstorm and then do what? <laughs> you just play regular Phyrexian Dreadnought. <laughs> With the sacrifice trigger on the stack, because Phyrexian Dreadnought says you have to sacrifice uh, creatures with power 12 or less. You just put that that uh, that uh, trigger on the stack, and then tap Phyrexian Dreadnought. You have 12 power, so you're turning that Consulate's Dreadnought on and beating in for 7, and then <laughs> sacking your Phyrexian Dreadnought to the graveyard. But it's okay, because the very next turn you unearth... <laughs> the first Phyrexian Dreadnought, activate Consulate's Dreadnought again, you've just attacked for 14 and it's turn 3. 
And then you you throw a couple sinkholes in there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a Liliana. Yeah, deck, uh, deck, Liliana deck builds itself. Yeah, deck builds itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's real janky, but I kind of want to do it because it sounds hilarious. <laughs> janky sounds fun. Yeah. Janky sounds fun. I'll have to do a uh, a guest spot in the spice cabinet. We can uh, put our heads together on that one. Hell yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, so that's kind of all I really saw, kind of on a cursory look through the spoilers. We will, of course, be having more, and we'll talk about them on future episodes, but um, for now, that's all I saw that really kind of piqued my interest. Jerry, was there anything else you wanted to go over with those? I mean, there's other ones people are talking about, but I just don't think they're going to be good enough. Like, yeah. there's the one green-white guy, the renegade rallier. One green-white for a 3-2 revolt when it comes in, when a permanent is left to battlefields of a permanent you control. Uh, you can return a target permanent card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to your battlefield. Like, right. that's fine. That's sort of on the power level of Legacy, but it's like, do you really want to run this over Night of the Reliquary? I, right. I don't. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's probably okay, but. Yeah, I've seen a, a couple other ones, but I don't really want to talk about them just because I haven't yeah. really had a chance to digest them yet to see if they're well, going to be good. Well, you know what I do want to talk about? It's something that I have had time to digest because it was spoiled uh, just about the same time we took our little two-week break there was uh, the Masterpiece series coming back for Kaladesh. Or, I'm sorry, for Aether Revolt. Uh, so there are a ton of legacy staples in this uh, in this Masterpiece series, <laughs> including um, Chalice of the Void, Defense Grid, Grindstone, and Snaring Bridge. Engineered Explosives, um, Arcbound Ravager, sure, Sphere of Resistance, Staff of Domination, uh, Trinisphere, Sword of War and Peace. Don't forget Ornithopter. There's Ornithopter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Worm Coil Engine, Python Needle. Actually, probably the coolest Python Needle art that there is. Yeah. Um, so just a ton of legacy cards in here. I'm curious if that was uh, intentional. I mean, they're all artifact cards, right? They're all artifacts, so that obviously has a lot to do with it. But I, I'm curious if this was... An intentional kind of like, um, uh, you know, hey, how are you to the legacy scene? I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I can see it from both sides. I can definitely see the logic at Wizards where it's like, all right, wh- what are the subsets of Magic players who are most likely to pimp out their decks and most likely to want these masterpieces? Mm-hmm. It's Cube players, EDH players, and Eternal players, Legacy and Vintage. Yeah. And these cards definitely ring true on that. These are all either Legacy or Vintage cards or EDH Cube cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that definitely shows in the choices. Uh, but at the same time, I can also see your point of view where it's like, well, there's only so many powerful artifacts that have been printed over the years. And chances are, if it's an artifact card and we still remember it, we probably still remember it because we're playing it in Eternal uh, formats. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and uh, just a, a side note here. I mean, they knocked the fucking, they knocked the art out of the park on every single one of these. I think. Yeah. I mean, they are just um, the art is just amazing. I, I really like the Arcbound Ravager lot. Uh, oh art. my god, it's the so more, good. Yeah, it remind as as terrible of a movie it was. I really loved the uh, Droid Decaz and a Phantom Menace. The little, of course, yeah. <laughs> like that was the old. That was like a redeeming quality of that movie. Is I fucking <laughs> love those droids, and they're just like. Rolling assault vehicles. And that's what the arc. <laughs> that's what the arcbound ravager looks like to me. It's one of those yeah. like rolling droid decals. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean the extra planar lens from Noah Bradley is just. I mean that is just stunning work. I, I again I really I generally don't care about art, but I will tell you, man, the, these uh the masterpiece series they've been they've been coming out with have been really just had 
phenomenal art. Trinisphere has great art. Vidalcan Shackles has fucking awesome art. I love how the Aether from Kaladesh is kind of in all these artifacts here. It's like mm-hmm. that's the that's the thing that powers um, their artifacts, and you see that in a lot of the artwork, including the Arcbrown Ravager that you like so much is that blue, yeah. that blue kind of uh, gas gaseous form that's in all the artifacts so yeah uh just kind of cool man i'm really appreciate what they're doing here with the with the masterpiece series i know and i finally opened a masterpiece pat you did yeah tell, tell us what what did you open jerry <laughs> jerry did you open did you, well let's see let's see what's been was it a gear hulk was it uh <laughs> did you did you open like a, a mox like what did you get in your masterpiece series? i opened the rings of bright heath the what rings of bright heath is that a is that a, that's a real card? That's a real card. That's a real card. <laughs> it's apparently masterpiece worthy. <laughs> it's like two for an artifact. Whenever you would play a spell, you can pay three and copy it or something like that. I I don't I don't really know, but at least I like I opened forty dollars, right? Is that how much they are? No, in paper. <laughs> I opened it at Magic Online, though. Oh, no! <laughs> so that's a solid $2. You didn't even get to hold it. You didn't even get to look I, I know, right? Like, I didn't even get to hold it or anything. Oh. Yeah. Paper, $47.54 average price. Magic Online, oh. $2. I mean, honestly, foils are almost, with, without exception, cheaper than the regular card on Magic Online. Oh, my God, it, yeah. Because all it does is lag your computer. <laughs> right. It just doesn't make it. I mean, my animation is turned off for foils, so even if someone has a foil, it doesn't make like a special animation on my computer. I just... Yeah. Oh, man. Foils and Magic Online are terrible. So yeah. uh, I ended up giving it to Danny because, uh, you know, he could use it for his EDH deck. So, you know, sure. he can get some enjoyment out of it. That makes me happy. Otherwise, yeah. it's just going to sit in my Magic Online collection until, you know, the sun implodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, speaking of Danny, something I, some, a little piece of news. Uh, since we're kind of winding down here, was there anything else you wanted to add uh, about the Masterpieces here? Um, I like them. I'm gonna have to spend a lot of money to finish pimping out like those pithy needles. Ugh, I already didn't want. Nice. <laughs> I already didn't want to get the uh, the lotus petals because I didn't want to spend the money on the expedition lotus petals. But now I gotta get these pithy needles too. The needles uh, are the needles are cool because it's like a needle and it's sitting on top of like a, a diagram, like like a like like this 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 blueprint of this machine. And it's got a target where it looks like you need to stick the needle to dis- deactivate the machine, and yeah, that's just fucking cool, man. It's how, very it's, flavorful. Oh, very, and like it, because it's an artifact, and it looks like you're disabling an artifact, and it's not jamming a fucking rod on the back of someone's neck. <laughs> yeah, I never really understood that art. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the needle is basically giving someone a uh, what's it called a. Uh, Oh, uh, what they did! They did it to uh, um, the fucking big Indian dude in One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest. It was an actual medical procedure they used a to lobotomy? do to people. A lobotomy. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Also um, in uh, Shutter Island, underrated yes. movie. <laughs> oh right, I, I I think I I saw the movie. I think I even read that book. But anyway, um, so Jerry, was there anything else you wanted to add before we kind of got out of here? Uh, no, I'm just going to be grinding all my magic online, so if anyone, actually, by the time that you listen to this, it'll be over, so never mind. <laughs> you can't help me practice for the There's GP. There's always the next event, right? There's always the next event. <laughs> um, one thing that's worth noting, uh, we're going to try to release this episode on Friday before the GP. Uh, we should have some, a little bonus episode on Monday as well, so stay tuned for that, but... 
Uh, Jerry, if someone wants to find you, how can they kind of let you know? Hey, Jerry, I'm at the GP. I'm at the. Uh, I'm hanging out with Christine Sprankle, who's dressed up as who knows what. Uh, how can they find you, man? How can they get a hold of you? Uh, I will be the one in full blue man group uh, body paints. <laughs> and only body paints? <laughs> and only body paint. My plan is to win by making my opponent laugh so hard they cannot continue to play. <laughs> or just very uncomfortable. <laughs> no! Why would anyone be uncomfortable? <laughs> Jerry's just smearing blue paint all over his opponent's decks. <laughs> These are marked cards, sir. I think these cards are marked now. No, the head judge said it was an altar. It's cool. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, uh, probably easiest way is hit me up on Twitter. I'll have my cell phone on me. So my Twitter handle's at J-M-E-E-3, the number three, R-D. So hit me up on Twitter. Uh, if, if you can find me on Facebook, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, just uh, if you want to come say hi, just do it awesome uh also don't forget to check out jerry's writing uh, writings on hipsters of the coast um i'm sure you'll have a breakdown of the gp when you get back uh for hipsters as well unless i go um, to scrub in which case i'll pretend it never happens <laughs> <laughs> you'll tell us about all the wonderful barbecue you got to have down there. exactly i went on a trip to kentucky for the food <laughs> and um, the beautiful it's... balmy 28 degrees it's supposed to be this weekend <laughs> hey you know what it could be worse it could be worse uh, you can find me at Pat Uglo on Twitter. You can find the show, uh, search Leaving Legacy MTG on Facebook. Um, just a quick note, I'm actually going to be starting up a new podcast. Um, oh. it's, yeah, it's going to be a, a, I'm doing a bi-weekly podcast with, uh, Danny, who you mentioned, Jerry, from the Community Legacy League. Nice. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to drop up a little bit of support, talk, it's going to be a, like a quick 15 to 20 minute cast, bi-weekly, um, talking about the Legacy League. Uh, we might even go to the Vintage Community League that they have on there. Um, and uh, just talking about some metagame breakdowns. You'll have myself, Danny, who goes by Bobo Fraggles uh, on, online. Uh, we're going to have Negator on there, who is my arch nemesis. Uh, and also, <laughs> <laughs> he is literally my arch nemesis on Magic Online. It's, it's, it's a running joke, but it is funny. Uh, but yes, I do hate him with all my soul. Um, and we also have uh, no outs who will be on the on the the cast as well. So um, when I have more information on that, we should be recording our first episode next week. Uh, so when I have more info, I will let you guys know if you guys are interested in enjoying the league or just listening to the cast. You should be able to find it on MTG Cast as well. Um, and uh, what about your stream, Pat? Oh yeah, of course. I stream every Wednesday. I stream the Legacy League every Wednesday. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Pat um, I am trying really hard to get other streams in during the week, but it's like it's very difficult at the end of a long day to want to hop on and stream more Magic Online. Um, but I'm trying to get a little bit better at that. Now that we're out of the holidays and my weeks aren't so crazy uh, with my hours and stuff, I'm going to try to get back into some sort of uh, regular streaming uh, uh, schedule. But you will always, 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 always find me twitch.tv slash streaming every Wednesday. 8.30 Eastern, uh, doing at least four rounds of Legacy. You know, Pat, I hopped in on your stream uh, a little while ago. I, I Were you the one who is definitely not Jerry? That was definitely not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got frustrated because the chat was like on a three-minute delay, so I kept you know, doing all these golden jokes, and then by the time it would actually happen on screen, like, they didn't make sense anymore. I'm like, oh, I just sound like a rambling idiot. I'm going to leave. <laughs> I will double-check. There is a chance. Were you on, like, Wi-Fi, or were you on, like, your... Because sometimes it'll be a little bit worse if you're not on a faster internet connection. 
Um, and I've also adjusted my stream so that um, the delay should be pretty short within like 10 seconds. But I'll double check. I'll make sure that we're uh, we're getting to you hot and fast off the presses, as it were. Yeah, because I got some fire comments that you know need to happen <laughs> in the moment. Yeah, I mean, yes, I completely agree. We gotta we gotta light some fire on that. Stage. <laughs> Um, but no, but that really, definitely I, wasn't me. That wasn't. <laughs> that definitely wasn't me. I do appreciate everyone who swings by the chat and who hangs out and watches the stream. It's been much more successful than I ever expected it to be. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's so cool to have some of the like. We Ian comes on all the time and gives me great, great advice, and I really appreciate his uh, his point of view and and uh, yeah, I just love hanging out with the people on the stream. It's it's a ton of fun. So and it's also just a great it's a great community event. Um, the Legacy League is a lot of fun. It costs me absolutely nothing to enter. Uh, they do it every Wednesday. Um, Card Hoarder is nice enough to kind of sponsor the event and give us, you know, like that they give us X amount of bot credits per week to kind of divvy up between the winners. So we do like we pay out the top four and then give one away as a door prize. So I mean, I've gotten a, a good amount of credit there by just playing in the league and having fun. Um, we also have a uh, uh, this this year we're starting off this week actually uh, with a new. Uh, uh, tournament structure where they're actually going to feed into like a quarterly and year end uh, championships uh, with much higher prizes and uh, a little bit more uh, prestige. So definitely keep in tune for that. Keep in touch for that, and uh, we'll we'll get you the details when they come out. Yeah. Now that I actually have a deck, I enjoy playing on Magic Online. Maybe I'll actually play in it. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was just sick of running Dredge every single week and every yeah. single week losing to Leyline of the Void. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, it's. Yeah, I mean, the, Dredge is a... I think, I think if you play Dredge, you have to fucking love that deck. Yeah, and I like gotta, Dredge. I like Dredge, but well, I don't... that's not love, Jeremy. I don't it's love not, Dredge. Yeah, like, you gotta have the kind of love that Mud and High Tide had together <laughs> with the main paradoxical outcome. Just smash, 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 smash. Oh, God. That's the kind of, that's the kind of love you need, I Jerry. I don't want that love. <laughs> it's a hard love, Jerry, but it's worth it, my friend. Oh, I, I'll take your word on it <laughs> all right yeah. man do we have uh do we have a die we want to roll this week Hell, are we not doing shouts oh yeah of course let's do some it's, you know it's been so long man i'm just totally i've lost it man i've lost it. i can tell you lost it. you're the one who brought up the song game <laughs> like who are you and what have you done with that <laughs> jerry who do you want to scoop in the top eight this week, my friend? Uh, I want to scoop in Josh Sissio. He jumped on Magic Online with me the other day, and we were just kind of talking to each other as uh, I, I shared screens, so we were just going through some games with the uh, punishing thing in the ice, just sharing some ideas. So big thank you to him to bounce ideas off of. Uh, also, I'm going to do a pre-scoop to Joe Gardner, because he's picking me up from the airport in a couple of days, down in Louisville, Kentucky. What a gentleman. Yeah, gentleman and a scholar, that Joe. So can't wait to see him. Uh, and I'm just going to scoop in everyone that I'm going to see at the GP because I can't wait to see all you guys. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I'm going to scoop in Joe as well. I actually played a uh, – we ha- happened to get randomly paired on Magic Online in the tournament practice room. Uh, I just I crushed him with, El- with uh, I think it was on Eldrazi. Um, and he was playing Burn. It was uh, it was fun. It was it was. He asked me if I was streaming because it would have been terrible. Because I had like Chalice for game two. I had like Chalice for one, and then I played like back to back, um, uh, uh, Sphere of Resistance. <laughs> so, or something. <laughs> I think it was Sphere of Resistance. Anyway, uh, it was it was a good game. Um, but anyway, I love Joe, man. He's awesome. I'm bummed. I'm not gonna see him at the GP. Jerry, I hope you give him a hug for me and buy him a drink for me. 
Um, so I definitely want to scoop in Joe to top eight. And uh, I just want to scoop in the group, man. The group's been awesome. You guys are are the main reason I go on Facebook anymore. That and, like, posting pictures of my kids. That's basically all I do on Facebook. Now. I actually get annoyed when I log on to Facebook and leaving a legacy isn't just the default page. I'm like, ah, oh, I have to, like, go into my groups and find <laughs> it. And I'm like, why isn't this just Why isn't this just my Facebook page? <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like it should be. I feel like it should be. Um, but, yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, if you guys have any, uh, you know, comments or questions for us, Shoot us an email, leavinglegacymtg at gmail.com. And, uh, Jerry, let's, got, let's roll a die. Let's roll a die. Do you have the list? I got the list. You got the list. Twelve. With them, young thug. <laughs> Good. Okay. Let's see it. Let's let's do our traditional listen to it before the group listens to it. <laughs> let's type in some YouTubes. Some YouTubes. What's it called? With them. With them by Young Thug. This was suggested October 11th, so he's been waiting a long time for this song. He has been waiting. Who suggested it? Uh, this was suggested by Kyle Morrison. Kyle, ah, thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. Let's let's take a lesson. Uh, the album cover's graphic. <laughs> <laughs> graphic. <laughs> it's it's a thing. Um, you know, just it's a heavily tattooed man. With his eyes pecked out, it looks like, and he has oh. bandages over his eyes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It sounds like that hip hop, Jerry. That hip hop, all the fresh kids are listening to. <laughs> I can get down with my bad self while listening to this. <laughs> I like it. I'm for it. I give it my stamp of approval. Excellent. Well, it's in there. It's in there. It's in there. It's in there. Guys, have a great weekend. Go see Jerry down the GP. Jerry, good luck to you, my friend. I hope you have a great result down there. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> you got it. We're going to play us out with something sweet? Play us out with something sweet, young right. thug. <laughs> Hail Satan. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it's my new sign-off. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What does Charlie say? She suck on a dick on the plane and I take all her out here. I just went hunting, I found me a rabbit, I picked out the carrot. I I'm just tired of smoking cushy, y'all need some more rock out of Cali. I got a white bitch and she give me that bacon, but her name is sorry. I pimp, I don't play with her. She bet I might stay with her. Stack it up like a Lego, yeah. Homicide, you can lay with them. Got some hoes, you can slay with them. You know that we players, we're paying them. She can't be my wife, I can't lay in them. Diamonds all black like I'm racist now. Ride, ride, ride through the city, window tinted, AC blast. I got bitches wanna fuck me, so so wrong, baby uh, bad. Uh, I got cash in my pants, uh, I got cash uh, on her ass. They be dance, bitches glance, cause my diamonds look like glass. I wanna fuck her, but she play more games in the NBA. Nine in one and got a dentist appointment, little bitch, you can check out the dentist plate. Check it out. I got so much of it, baby, I got so much water, this shit like a mini lake. Fuck nigga, play, I'ma send him to me to make a dick act off, I'm forgetting it, baby. Chopper, chopper, end up flipping, nigga. Yeah, you better start tripping, nigga. I don't use words when I kill a nigga. We don't use phones with no silly niggas. I think I need help with my kidney, nigga. No cap, but you know I'm just kidding with you. I let this shit fly the ceiling, nigga. I'm hot like an eye on a skillet, nigga. She suck on a dick on the plane and I just call her out here. Ooh, I just went hunting, I found me a rabbit, I picked out the carry. Picked out the kid. I'm just tired of smoking cushy, y'all need some more rock out of Cali. I got a white bitch and she give me that bacon, but her name is sorry. I pimp, I don't play with him. She bet I might stay with him. Stack it up like a Lego, yeah. Homicide, you can lay with him. Got some hoes, you can.
take Jack, fall into this mouse trap. Bitch, riding through the city, got an AK on my left. I'm not talking shit, but I'm ready to shoot some crap. If he think he wanna see me, I'ma send a Honda Strap. I, I, I got some birds like on Julio. My outfit I dated is Gucci though. I'm gonna pussy your head, you a groupie hoe. My man with a motherfucking Gucci coat. I'm gonna talk to that bitch like that Gucci know. Yeah, let that Gucci know. Diamonds from Tiffany Co. Pay the whole hundred rent for though. You should get down with this slime shit. Tonight I'm about to get that my mind shit. My credit good, I don't need a dime shit. Pull act inside that lemon line shit. That petty thief need to start trying shit. If you need help, I got some dime bitch. I cannot stand any line bitch. I need a website for some fine bitch. She suck on that dick on the plane and I jack call her out here. I just went hunting, I found me a rabbit, I picked out the carrot. Bitch, I'm just tired of smoking cushions, y'all need someone to rock out of cash.